Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Everybody, I screwed that up. But what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We've got an incredible show. Um, I'm very, very excited for our guest. We got some new segments. Um, I see Dean in the stable getting off his horse laughing because I botched up the intro. Nothing makes him happier than seeing me screw up. So I'm just going to bring him right into the show. The one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it is but literally seeing you screw it up made me laugh <laughs> i know i saw you i saw you off camera and i was like that just made his day right there oh it's a it's a great way to begin i, I like to think it sets the stage for the show like there will be numerous screw-ups like you're pumped about that yeah yeah i think it makes us more real doesn't it it does it does <laughs> um may i uh may i just point everybody's attention to the upgraded background uh that mr dean holland has previously we've been staring at a white wall for about two and a half years um so the upgrade is is timely thank you for uh being all, all over that well it's for your uh viewing pleasure and of course now you know for people that have been listening to the show a little while maybe they're just listening through the gift of audio, but what they right. may not know if they're, if they're just listening through that medium is that we now do, of course, uh, have a visual aspect to this show where people can actually watch in uh, live on video. So I thought, you know, might as well put a little extra effort in. So uh, thank you for noticing. No, I, I, it was hard not to notice. It's been so boring, <laughs> like anything would have been an upgrade. If there had been a mosquito or a fly on your wall, I would have noticed. Right. Now the only way this can get better in your eyes is if I take myself out of it as well, and I just we're ruin. working on it. Right? We got right. a long, we got a three-year roadmap, and at the end of the three years, it's just the background, and uh, maybe you leave the horse behind. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, yeah. So, so we got uh, we have a really cool guest. I'm very excited yeah. to have him on the show today. Um, he's somebody who has been inspiring uh, millennials. Somebody who's been helping college students escape the rat race. But but more than that, um, what always inspires me is seeing people really get a jump start on their entrepreneurial career. You know, I I spent ten years in the corporate world before I started my entrepreneurial career, and we've had a mix of people on the show. People who've been entrepreneurs, like uh, from the time they came out of the womb to people that you know, uh, develop later on in life. But but Brandon Fong um, is somebody who is absolutely inspiring and we're super excited to have him on the show today. Brandon, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have Woo! you here. So excited to be here. It is an honor to be on the best podcast in the entire world. It reminds Hell me yeah, of like it is. When, when Elf runs into the store, world's best cup of coffee. So I'm really excited. <laughs> That's amazing. See, our, our strategy on the show has changed a little bit. We're only having people on here who are like going to be so over the top and <laughs> like with how awesome the show is. So, so Brandon's leading the charge on that. Yeah. That's yeah. my goal here. Let's make it happen. All right, man. Well, so welcome. And, uh, you know, I think you're, um, we've got a lot of content that we want to pack in for yes. everybody. Um, but before we kind of get into some of the tips and strategies and things like that, what I, I love to know is like, 
why why entrepreneurship? Why are you an entrepreneur? How did this start? And uh, what like what's exciting about it for you? Great question. I love how you started in the very beginning. I appreciate the incredible intro talking about, you know, some people being born out of the womb as entrepreneurs, but my entrepreneurial journey starts at Wisconsin Hills Middle School. So Dean and James, you can remember when you're in middle school, if you're listening to this, you can think about your middle school. And when the bell would ring for lunch, all the middle schoolers would flood. And if you looked closely at my middle school, you would see little nerdy Brandon hanging out behind everybody else. And if you're watching this, I keep a little picture on my desk of <laughs> sixth grade Brandon. If you're listening to this, I had Bugs Bunny teeth, uh, kind of little spectacle looking glasses. I thought I was pretty cool. Uh, but I would I would kind of procrastinate going to lunch. You may be wondering why the heck would any sixth grader take their time to go to lunch? It's their one time for freedom in the day, right? And the reason why is because when I would go through the lunch checkout line, I would have my plastic tray with the chicken nuggets and the curly fries or whatever was on sale for the day. I put it next to the lunch lady and I type in my student ID and then up on the computer screen, it would pop up the words, Brandon Fong, zero dollars and zero cents. And the reason why it showed that is because I qualified for the free lunch program at school and I was just so embarrassed. Like some days mm -hmm. I would distract my friends. I would, I would try to make a joke so they wouldn't look at the screen. Sometimes I would hide out in the bathroom uh, a little bit extra long. But the reason why I say that is because my parents are so incredible because they taught me that from a very early age, that if you want to be successful, it's not about having resources. It's about learning how to be resourceful. And uh, one of the can things we get they... an amen, can I, Dean, can we get a British <laughs> amen for that? Amen. <laughs> right. Oh, there's no sound effects. I don't get a sound effect for that too. Listen, <laughs> Brandon, we love you, but calm down, okay? <laughs> like, you believe this guy? He's like on the show five minutes. He's like, "Where's my sound effect?" <laughs> I, just, minute, I bought my own. I bought my Dean own. Dean came <laughs> galloping on on a, on a on a white horse. I want I wanted something like that too. Dean's, but I Dean's guess also put up with me for three years, so that's what he, that's what he <laughs> yeah, deserves. You have, you have to earn I can't, those things. Okay, all right. I won't I won't try to shortcut that quickly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, but but going on with the story, my parents taught me one of the number one ways to be resourceful is learning how to connect with people. And one of the things that they would let me do when I was 16, 17 years old is they would let me skip school to go to local networking events. So if you can imagine when you're you know just learning how to put on a tie for prom, that was the age I was at when I was networking with people that were like four, you know, much much older than I am, much more experienced than I had. And um, if you fast forward for a few years. I ended up um, leveraging the connection skills my senior year of college to connect with an incredibly successful entrepreneur. And that turned into an incredible uh, relationship where I ran his marketing for three years, helped add over 100,000 students to his online courses, 1.5 million downloads to his podcast. And while I was on the team with Jonathan, he got involved with a group called Genius Network. And if mm. you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Genius Network, um, it's you need to be making at least seven figures a year to be in the group. It costs $25,000 a year to attend. And Jonathan got in. He said, I want Brandon to come with me. So I, again, was 22 years old at this point, And I was the youngest person in the room at Genius Network learning from some of the world's most successful people. And it just kind of reminded me of being being that kid again that was in those those early networking um events. But I want to tie this up and re explain why I'm telling this story for two main reasons that explains what I'm doing today. Well, probably One, three. He's still trying to earn a sound effect. So yeah, give so, me a year or two and then we'll talk about that. Sounds good. All right. Uh, the first thing is I learned about the power of connection. I learned, I, I truly believe that you're just one connection away. Jonathan completely transformed my life. There's so many other people I've been connected with. And so that's that's one of the things that I teach right now is this process called the magic connection method that helps you open the door to real authentic relationships um, mm -hmm. to, 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 to grow on your career. 
And the second thing that I'm doing today that I'm really excited about is this podcast called Seven Figure Millennials, this brand I'm building. And the reason why I'm so excited about it is because I grew up on this pre-lunch program. I always felt like I wanted more money. And then I got the opportunity to be in Genius Network surrounded by incredibly wealthy people. And I realized that you can have all the money in the world and still be miserable on the inside. And so the, the reason why I'm so excited about seven figure millennials, because it's all about inspiring millennial entrepreneurs to prioritize their happiness, health and relationships while making their entrepreneurial dreams a reality. I don't think that we should be able to call someone successful if like they, they just hate everything and like have terrible relationships and had to beat on everybody to get there. Um, so it's really like that's the most important. I know it's about it's it's called seven figures, but it's about the journey of entrepreneurship and prioritizing the important things. So. That's that's the long-winded answer and story to your question there, James, but I'm happy to dive into any component of that and uh, potentially earn a sound effect if that's in the cards today. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. What a, what a cool story, dude. That's, that's amazing. You, I knew a little bit about it, but I hadn't heard some of those details. So that's, that's freaking awesome. And I, I absolutely agree with you on the whole thing that your parents shared with you about resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who sort of cut themselves off and, uh, and one of the things that people say is like, well, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and it's like, well, you can change that too, you know, right. You can right. learn things and you can also meet people, right. It goes, right. it's not like, uh, you know, it's sort of a mystery how to do that. Um, but like the tactics of how do you make those connections and how do you create meaningful relationships and all those things, something I want to dive into here with you in just a second. Um, but before we do. Uh, Dean, what are your thoughts at this stage of the game? Well, I I, I think the big thing for for me in what you've just said uh, through through the introduction part there, Brandon is is really we're talking about what is people's definition of success. Yeah, totally. right. You know, Absolutely. a lot of people would just attach success to to wealth, finances. Oh, you're successful because you got the nice car, the nice house, the nice this. And you know, I think you're highlighting the most important aspect is really what is success. You know, and I think I think that for me is is the big thing. And I think too, it ties directly into happiness because it, one of the things that we fall trapped to as entrepreneurs is that we tie our happiness to outcomes, right? We say like, oh, when we achieve this business milestone, we'll be happy. But when I've talked to, I, I had the opportunity to interview somebody on my podcast the other day. He was uh, actually, I think I can say this, but he was like the founder of the Two Comma Club before it was bought by by Russell Brunson. And he tells this crazy story of being on Necker Island with Richard Branson, having everything in the world. And then he got back and realized he hated everything and decided to shut down his whole business. And the reason why I share that really quickly is because I've talked to these incredibly successful entrepreneurs and they always say that the happiest moments was when they were going through all the hard times, all the crazy things. But like we societally, we think that it's in the achievement of the outcome. And so I think there's so much to understanding that if you're not happy now, and if you can't figure out how to be happy and fulfilled right now, no amount of material success or business milestone is really going to ever change that. So that's part of the conversation I just really want to make sure we're talking about is like you said, Dean, defining success and making sure that you're happy in the moment when you're going through this stuff, because that's really what life's all about. Well, and the other, the other piece of that is if you, uh, if you think that the outcome is going to make you happy, and then when you get the outcome and you're like, oh man, I'm still not happy. That's the worst possible feeling ever. Yeah, because right. then you're like, oh man, th- like nothing is going to work now. Like what the heck that's is going on? Purpose. Yeah. That's where like people go down a really dark, uh, dark place. Um, I know that that definitely happened to me, um, about like eight years ago or so. Um, well, it's you say wasn't my, uh, Speak. You mentioned Russell Brunson. My presentation at Funnel Hacking Live a couple of years ago was uh, started how to be rich and miserable. <laughs> that's right. I think yeah, I was the most motivating person there that week. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, next, the next one you're going to do is, isn't it how to be an ass? I think that's, uh, that's your next presentation. Yes. Yeah. One of one yeah. of, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, that is funny. You did say that. And you and I have talked about that more than once, right? About, you know, if you're not, if you're not lining yourself up to feel fulfilled along the journey, then, um, then the outcome really doesn't matter. Um, exactly. and I think, you know, Tony Robbins has said, uh, more than once, you know, there's, lots and lots of very unhappy, miserable billionaires in the world. Right. And, um, one of the things that I remember him saying when I was listening to like his books on tape, when I was delivering pizza and stuff back in college was, uh, success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I truly believe that to be true. I didn't at the time until I experienced it for myself. And then I was like, okay, fine. He was right. But you know, some people have to learn the hard way and sometimes Sometimes I've been one of those people. Um, so Brandon, I want to talk about like we could dig into, you know, kind of the the fulfillment and all that sort of stuff in a second, but um relationships, right? Like you've got this formula for building relationships, creating relationships that matter. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit about your philosophy on that and how you go about it. Um, and drop drop some gold for us, man. Yeah, happy to drop some gold. So I want to make this as action pack. I'm on the Just the Tip show. I got to make sure I'm bringing the right. tips. So. <laughs> um, so, man so, who knows what he's doing, Dean. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this, I want you to think from this from two perspectives. One, you could do this from an individual outreach perspective. I've used this recently uh, to uh, to reach out to. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say because it hasn't booked. Um, but I did reach out to someone on the show that that. Uh, he is, he, I will just say that he created a multi-billion dollar toy industry. And I reached out to this person using this formula and he got back to me and was like, we're in the process of potentially bringing him on the show. He hasn't said yes yet. So you can use this for individual relationships and you can also leverage this to open the doors to incredible strategic partnerships, client relationships, whatever it is. Uh, and there's different ways that you could do this individually, or you could really scale this out if you wanted to. But, uh, for the context of this conversation, let's specifically talk about it from an email perspective. How do you reach out to these people that we want to have these conversations with? And so let me start by saying that the whole goal of this first message, this first email that we're sending to somebody is simply to get them to respond. That's it. There's so many people that try to send these messages and say, hey, go book a call with me right now or go check out my website or whatever it is. Oh, the whole miserable. goal is, I know the whole goal is just to get them to engage and lean in and say, yes, I want to, I'm interested in hearing more in, in developing this relationship. So there's three parts to making this happen. There's the hook, the irresistible offer, and the no oriented question. And, and I'll, hold I'll on, I, would, I want to just jump in here for one quick yeah. second. It's like what you're talking about, I think is really valuable. And for people like Dean and I, who are, you know, in this direct response world, um, you know, we're all about, you know, creating inbound and all that. And all that is amazing. But the truth is, Sometimes there are specific people, right? That you know, you've heard of, that you want to be in touch with, that could be a great relationship for you, that could open a door, that you could add value to, like whatever the thing is. And and so as good as it is to have inbound leads and people raising their hands and saying they want to work with you, it doesn't mean that you should neglect outbound relationship development yes. because you can be really targeted, really specific. And, um, and, and I'm going to be honest here. Like, I think one of the biggest things that's made the difference in my business, in my career, and frankly, in my life is the skill of being able to network with people. And many of those people did not come through a sales funnel. Many of them did, 
but a whole bunch didn't. And so like, I want, I want everybody who's listening to like really understand the value of this. It's not saying you have to pick, right? Cause I think this whole idea of cold outreach has people scared and they're yes. like, Oh, like I, I don't want, I don't want to reach out to this. Like, what if they say no? Like, what if they reject me? It's like, calm down. Like stop rejecting yourself right. first. Yep. Right. So just a preframe, but, uh, but keep going, dude. Yeah, I love that. And it's funny. It reminds me of something that my dad taught me when I was little. And I, another thing that I'm just so grateful for that he taught me, he said he would he would ha have me order like fast food when I was like just barely able to talk or like, you know, if we're at the restaurant. He's like trying to teach me to communicate with people. And he always said to me, the worst thing that somebody can say is no. Yeah. And, and like so many people get so afraid of that. And like, so I think it's something that I've been fortunate to have developed over the years. But yeah, if you're worried about what other people are thinking about you, chances are they're not even thinking about you to begin with. Like we, we worry about like, oh, they're thinking all these crazy things and they're researching me. It's like, no, they're probably not even thinking about you. So don't even worry about it. Lots of the damage is probably going on in your own head anyways. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, I, I just want to pick up on something as well for all the parents out there. I think it's fantastic that your dad found a way to get you to order his food and outsource his general duties <laughs> in a way that was training you. That's yes. Great. I think yeah. that's incredible. That was yeah. I, bu I built our house growing up too. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he worked on their cars. He yeah, pulled, he pulled them around in a cart. It was like amazing. Gardening, the whole thing, everything. Whole You're actually <laughs> describing my childhood very realistically right now. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, so, did you want me to keep going with the, the three steps here? Then we yeah, can go only if you want to blow people's minds. Like, if you don't care about that, then like we can yeah. totally go a different direction. I think we'll we'll stick with blowing people's right. minds. So uh, the first part of this this outreach is the hook. And let me start by saying the number one mistake that people make when they open an email or a LinkedIn message or whatever it is, is they make it 100% about them as in the person that's reaching out. And you see these messages all the time. I guarantee anybody on this call or anybody listening can open their LinkedIn, open their email. And it's somebody that's like, hi, my name is Brandon Fong. I've done blah, blah, blah. I own, I have 3 million employees and I'm really super cool. And they think they need to position themselves as somebody that's super cool and why they're reaching out to them. And I'll be completely honest with you. And you probably know this, if you're listening to this, you don't really care at this point. They're a stranger that's reaching out to you. You don't know why you should care. And so what we do in this outreach, we want to do something the exact opposite. And what we want to do is we want to make it hundred percent about them as in the person that we are reaching out to. So there's, there's a few ways that you can do this. One is if you have a mutual connection, that's the best way to do it. Obviously, it kind of proves that you're not some random stranger. Uh, connection content is another way. If they're producing content, you can listen to James and Dean's podcast and say, hey, I loved episode 152 on the podcast when you and James shared blah, 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 blah. Thank you so idea. much. For sharing that, you know, and, and like I like I implemented it and it's made an impact. Um, so th those are a few ways. But basically, we want to show that we took the time to research them and we really care about the person that we're reaching out to. Now, there's a there's a, I want to be very careful here because there's a fine there's a thin line here, and I call this the stalker line. Do not cross <laughs> the stalker line. So like you cannot send a book here and saying, James, I saw you posted on Instagram, those eggs that you ate for breakfast the other day looked incredibly delicious. And I loved, and you just go into this like huge, I know you guys have probably received an email where it's like, whoa, what is this going on here? So, so no, Hashtag don't, creeper. You're like, yeah, do, do not, do not cross the stalker line. One to three sentences, genuine compliment, show that you really care about the person that we're reaching out to. That's all we're looking at doing in this very first part. So once we've done that, now that we know that they care about, we care about them, the next part we move into is the irresistible offer. So I'll usually have some kind of a transition sentence that's like, 
besides want to share that with you, I do have a quick question. And when it comes to creating an irresistible offer, there's a big difference between an offer and an irresistible offer. And there's this quote by Dean Jackson that I love quoting all the time. And it's a compelling offer is 10 times more powerful than a convincing argument. So there's so many people that are sitting on the rooftops and screaming at people trying to convince you to do something when it is so much more impactful, so much more powerful and so much more compelling to just create an offer that makes them want to lean in and hear more. Right. And so when I talk about creating an irresistible offer, there's several key components. One, can you minimize risk on their part? Can you position it so they have a lot to gain? And can you make it easy for them to say yes? So an example that I like to give for this is James and Dean, you guys have probably heard of these or seen ads from these companies that are selling mattresses online, right? Right. So Dean, they, Dean, Dean is actually the, the kingpin behind all of those companies. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have known that, but. Oh, just, well, I, 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 sometimes with you guys, I can't tell if it's a joke or not, but that was serious. I could tell I that was serious. Well, it's very <laughs> The patent on springs. So anything ah. that means a spring, you know, comes Interesting. back. Interesting. Yeah, well, don't believe now I know. Either, don't believe a word either of us are saying right now. <laughs> okay. But the reason why I brought up the mattress thing is because think about the old way that people used to sell mattress. The old offer was that you would walk into a store fully clothed with your jacket and your shoes on. You would spend a few minutes like laying on this bed awkwardly that that 300 other people that have laid on that day. And you try to figure out if you want to spend a few thousand dollars on this thing that you're going to spend eight hours a night on for the next however many years, right? That it was a the super awkward. You're absolutely, you like threw me off with the whole fully clothed thing, but yeah. you're absolutely right. It is an incredibly awkward experience. Like the sales guy's standing there, right. you're like, uh, <laughs> how's this one? He's like, I don't know, lie down on it. And you're like, <laughs> like in, in front of you? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this feels really weird, man. <laughs> right. Right. But, but compare that to how these places are selling mattresses online now. It's like, hey, you take a quiz. Yeah. We find out what's going to work best for you. We will ship you the mattress. You try it out for 100 nights. You can sleep in it the way you sleep in it in your cozy PJs or if you want to sleep naked, you know, whatever it is. Try it out for 100 nights. And if you like it, you can keep it. If you don't like it, send it back and we'll give you a full refund. Right. That's an irresistible offer. So like that's the level that we're getting at here. So the best way that I found to do this, and this is kind of like the mini formula for the irresistible offer is if you're reaching out to somebody, we can use, um, you know, like, I, I guess from the context of like, let's say you're looking at acquiring a, a client, you can use a testimonial. We can say, I feel so blessed to say that we recently helped company go from X to Y or whatever it is. So they can see the big picture. And it's, and then what you do is you want to find out from the perspective of the person that you're reaching out to, what are their biggest pain points and things that they want solved? And so it's like, we just helped company go X from Y. And what we found is that there are three specific things that that helped make this happen or whatever it is and speak to the pain points that they had right there. So, you know, another example is if I was reaching out to getting onto a podcast, it was like, I know that the goals of a podcast is that they want to bring on compelling guests that can provide actionable tips to their audience, um, you know, and, and have good energy and vibe with the guests. So like, I might say something along the lines of, I put together a Google doc that has uh, topic ideas specific for your show, along with, uh, you know, a gift that I can give to your audience and something else, you know? So like, that's like, uh, that's what I want to frame is like I put together some work ahead of time that makes it easy for them to say yes and lean into this irresistible offer. So, well, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there for just a second yeah. because um, sometimes I don't know, Dean, if you've seen this part of the process. Like, so so obviously you know we get we get a ton of people reaching out to be on the show with us. Like, we still can't figure out why people want to be on the show with us. Like, <laughs> you know, none of that. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, the only person that listens is like what well, used to be your mom. And then I think we lost her. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know. But um, but in all seriousness, we get a lot of people reaching out who are like, "Hey, we'd love we'd love to be a guest," and it's and it's awesome, right? Um, but very few people really stand out. Very few people are like, "Oh man, I I really want to talk to this person." This freaking guy here practices what he preaches. Like, so I was just going to, going through my notes that I had uh, before the show. And so he fills out the application, makes us a video. He's like, here's what I'm about. Here's what I want to share with your audience. Like, here's why I like what you guys are doing, like all this other stuff. And um, my comment to the person who approves our podcast, I look back, I like this guy. <laughs> That's all I said. I was like, I like this guy. Let's get him on the show. Right. So, so what, but in a crowded world, right in a sea of noise, it's really, really important to follow this, uh, follow this process because it works. And I, and, and Brandon is literally on the show with us today because what he's telling you works. And so I just kind of want to like frame this because it's not just, Hey, this sounds like cool stuff. Like, you know, Brandon made it up five minutes before he got on the show, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you're doing what you're, uh, you're talking about. Right. And I think that's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, I no, really appreciate you, that. Were you going to say something? Me? No, no. no I was just saying that, yeah, it is impressive. <laughs> like, no, why would I say anything? Yeah, yeah that yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, yes, I agree. All right, so yeah, keep going, man. I think this is so oh. valuable, and I and I genuinely hope everybody who's listening gets this because I'm sure all of us are sick of. I literally said something to somebody this morning about my LinkedIn. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of LinkedIn messages and people don't have a freaking clue how to do this kind of outreach. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And you can tell when it's automated because on my LinkedIn, it's like James P. Freel, but the P is not really my first name. It's not really my last <laughs> right. name. So because if they're like automating it, so all these messages come through, hello, James P. And I'm like, nobody calls me James P. Okay. Right, right. Not <laughs> one person calls me James P. So I, like I know- I might start doing that. <laughs> You're going to call me James P now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, honestly, I'll say I am grateful for those people that are sending those messages because it makes it so easy to stand out. Like how refreshing is it to get an email yeah. that somebody actually took the time or a LinkedIn connection request. So they actually took the time. So like the four, I'll go back to the hook, but like a formula you can use for this is loved plus specific. So loved episode blank specifically liked blank, you know? So like loved LinkedIn bio, loved this work specifically like blank. So like, it's enough that it shows it's concise, but it's enough to show that you researched them and you picked out something specific because people will try, they'll try to be sneaky about it and they'll try to add something that's a little bit customized, but has clearly not been customized. Um, so yeah, don't do that. <laughs> hey, I love, I love the work that you're doing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> love, like what work do you think I'm doing? <laughs> you're yeah. full of it man like you can just tell yeah it's so it's so yeah. true and and then and, the other thing is you got to ask yourself like why do i want to have a relationship with this person and that becomes obvious in the message in the way you reach out to somebody it's like these messages that i'm getting on linkedin right the ones that you're talking about that have no personalization that have nothing to do with me like you can tell that person doesn't care if they work with me or they just work with somebody who has a pulse. Yep. Right. Right. There's nothing like, Oh, I really want to work with James versus I just, I'm just shotgunning this thing out there hoping that somebody says something back to me because I feel like I'm desperate. Right. It was like, right. It comes across so 
desperate. It's it's kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Joshua B. Lee was like, he's he he's one of like a, a LinkedIn expert. And one of the things he says that I love so much is like, there's no such thing as B2B. There is no such thing as B2C. There's only H to H, human to human. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing business with a business, it's because you had a conversation with a human being. Uh, and I think so many people lose sight of that because it's like you think that you can just shotgun it out and try to contact some business. But yeah, I think very, very few people remember that like you're you're in this to develop a real relationship with someone and by nature of copying and pasting a message you already screwed up from step negative zero you know yeah. negative zero is not a number negative 10. <laughs> well, I think zero. Of areas, isn't it? like obviously there's a lot of technology at our disposals these days there's a yeah. lot of ways to automate i think the problem is is sometimes people apply those tools in in the wrong ways like yes you can do it doesn't mean you should right yeah absolutely all right, sorry. Keep going. We're like okay. So we'll we'll, we'll dive into step three, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, so basically, at this point, with the hook, we've shown that we care about them. Step two is the irresistible offer. We've shown that we have something that they have a lot to gain from it. Now, the last step, remember going from the very beginning, is we just want them to respond. We just want them to lean in and show that they are interested in having a conversation with us. So the last part is something I learned from Chris Voss, who wrote the book Never Split the Difference. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you don't know Never Split the Difference. Chris Voss was an ex-FBI hostage negotiator. So this is the dude that's on the phone when there's a lunatic in the basement of a bank with several million dollars and 10 hostages, and he's about to blow up the place. Like, what do you say to that guy on the phone to not make him do that? Uh, so he's you learned- can't call Batman because my first reaction would be like, I want to call Batman. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's an option, but <laughs> maybe we could, we could ask Chris if he ever used that. <laughs> no, actually, but- I've, read, I've read the book. It's a great book. Yeah, great book. And one of my favorite things that he teaches is this concept of a no-oriented question. And the way I like to explain it is by explaining the inverse. So typically, whenever we say yes to something, what does that mean? It means that when we say yes, we have to we have to give away our time, our energy, our effort. Saying yes to something means that you are committing to something, right? But the exact opposite, no, is so much more secure. You feel so much more safe. You feel like you're not being backed into a corner or being pushed into something. And so how can we use this in our outreach? is what we want to do is we want to take what would normally be a yes-oriented question, like, can I send over this Google Doc for you to check out, which feels kind of like I'm pushing it on you. And if you flip it and you say, would you be opposed to me sending this Google Doc for you to check out? Or would it be a bad idea if I sent you this Google Doc to check out? So now think about how that feels when you when you hear that. It's no longer like, hey, here's this thing. Do you want it? It's like, now it's like, do you want it? It's up to you. Usually I'll say it, it's like, it's 100% up to you. But would you be opposed to me sending this Google Doc over for you to check out with the topic ideas or with the the, the business strategy I came up with you or whatever it is? And, at, you know, at that point, it's like you you gave them permission to to lean in. And if they want to hear about it, they can. If not, no big deal. But but basically, that's how we want to tie this all together is allowing people to feel like or to lean in and really see if they want to participate in this relationship. And then don't ask, don't put anything else after the question, because think about it. When the emails that are sitting inside of your inbox right now that you haven't responded to that like have been sitting there for forever, it's because they're hard to answer, right? Like it, it requires you to think about something or to get back to them or to go do some research. But the ones that you respond to right away are the ones that are very clear that don't require any work for you to do. So you you look at this email that we've structured. It's very clear. We care about that. We have something valuable for them. And then it's they skim to the end and they see there's a question mark. And all they have to do to respond is, no, it's not a bad idea. Or yes, go ahead and send it over. And it's like less than a sentence that it requires for them. And then that's when you can open the door to having a conversation and really developing a relationship with that person, which is really what this is all about. 
Absolutely. And that's, you know, just don't make it like, don't make it all hinge on that first message. I think that's like a big, a big thing here, right? It's an introduction. You know, you, you don't walk up to somebody at a bar, you don't walk up to somebody at a networking event and like ask them for this huge commitment. You're like, Hey, like what's up? Right. Or Hey, can I, can I get you a drink? Or Hey, like, you know, why are you here? Whatever. Start a conversation. Like I love that human to human thing. I think it's so true. And I think it's something that a lot of people lose sight of when they're doing business um, over the internet in particular, Yeah, because I feel like the internet sort of dehumanizes the, uh, the exchange. And it's weird because like we have more opportunities than ever to connect with more people, but we connect in the weirdest ways now that aren't like oriented for, uh, you know, human to human connection. Yeah. Lack of patience is a problem in this type of, uh, type of approach, right? People don't, what you're just touching on there. It's like people are reaching out to people or doing this type of cold outreach, things like this. And they're trying to rush the process. It's like, there's no patience involved. It's like, People almost seem so scared to lose any amount of attention they may or may not yet have that they try and force situations and that just repels people. Completely. 100%. Completely. Um, so so just like real quick, like one, two, three, just just like go through the three steps again, just in case anybody's like listening, wants like a quick review um, or take notes or whatever, like just one, two, three, what were those things? Yeah. All right. Goal. Get them to respond. That's it. First part is the first, first part is the hook. And that is, that is just showing a customized sentence. So loved something specifically liked blank. So showing that we really care about them. And then we move into the irresistible offer besides wanting to share that with you. I do have a quick question. I feel so blessed to say that testimonial, right? Uh, some, some, some success story. And, um, because of working with them, we discovered that there are three biggest mistakes or whatever they're like something along those lines that you show that you did work ahead of time that is customized to the person that you're reaching out to, right? And I put this together in a Google Doc or PDF for you to check out. Would you be opposed to me sending that over for you to check out? That's it. Nice. Nice. That's good. And I do like, uh, I like the getting of the no, like, no, no, that's no problem. Like everyone's always normally talking about the other way, right? Like get them to say yes, make it easy to say yes. So I like how you've kind of done it that way. I like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's natural. I think that's what that's what's really appealing about this approach is very natural and that's why it works. Um awesome. Um so uh so Brandon where can uh, where can people go find out more about you what you're up to? Um you know I I know you've written a book like I know you've got a bunch of things going on like what's the best way for people to connect? Yes. So thank you so much for asking. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this content, you want to find the relationships that I'm developing from my, that I'm having on my show. You can, if you're already listening to this, you can go and check out the seven figure millennials podcast, wherever you're listening to things. Uh, if you want to get, uh, the magic connection method, you can go to magicconnectionmethod.com. I will say at this time, if you're watching this live, depending on I, there, there are some, I need to make some adjustments on the sales page <laughs> that more reflect accurately reflects kind of uh, what I was doing because it used to be a part of something else, but that but you can find it and get it magicconnectionmethod.com. And if you use the coupon code 7FM, uh, that's the coupon code I actually give to my listeners and it will add a whole bunch of other bonuses that, that you guys can have as well. And then the last thing, I super apologize, James and Dean, for not asking ahead of time, but I did put together a customized free gift I can give to your audience. Is it okay if I share with that? Uh, Dean, I don't know. Do you think we should let him give a free gift to our audience? Ooh, did you earn that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like this is the second, right? First, he wants a sound effect, <laughs> then he wants to give a gift away. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll compromise, give the gift away, but I'm not giving you the sound effect yet. Sounds good. All right. I, I better earn this by the end of the show or I'm going to be very disappointed, James. <laughs> um, so if you go to bfo.ng slash tips, so I bought the the domain from Nigeria uh, because my last my last name is Fong. So bfo.ng slash tips. What that's going to do is it's going to take you to a page. And I, I figured, what is the most valuable thing I could give your audience? And that is, well, what if I just wrote some magic connection method emails for you? And that you can copy and paste and base them off of what you're writing. So it's just simply write as soon as you submit your information at the next page, I will take you directly there. There's no nothing funky. Just go and it'll, it's a Google Doc that you can get and you can access this immediately. Um, and then you can use those to start sending emails because I, I, I always want to reduce the amount of friction that it takes people to take action. So if you know how to copy and paste, that's in there. And I think I added a whole bunch of other stuff in there for you as well. So that's bfo.ng slash tips. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Dean, any, uh, any, any parting shots before, uh, before we say goodbye to Brandon and are you going to stick around for the news or you got to go, man? No, I'm going to stick around. I want to hang out with you guys. You guys are all right. All right. right. Cool. All right. (laughs) Any, uh, anything, any concluding thoughts on this part of the show, Dean? Yeah, no, I just think, uh, I think you've given some, uh, as much as we joke about earning, earning the, the sound effects, there's some great tips there. You know, it's a, it's a tangible, real strategy that people can do. And I think, you know, right now with with everything that's kind of going on, if people can commit to something like that, if they're sitting there thinking, I need more clients, how do I reach or how do I reach these people? You've given a real kind of path to follow. So yeah, appreciate uh, all that you shared. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Cool, man. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're sticking around. So for those of you guys who are listening live right now, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and um, we are going to uh, do a new thing that we're uh, trying out, uh, the news. Um, with Dean Holland, right? So Dean is uh, Dean is my new news anchor. I'm excited <laughs> to hear what he has to say, and we will be right back. All right, you guys, we're interrupting this incredible episode to bring you a very important announcement, and that announcement is the new Just a Tips members area. What? what? <laughs> We've created a members area that has trainings right out of the gate from Dean and I on our best strategies to help you grow your business and. Many of our guests that we've had on the show have offered to put some of their best stuff inside the members area to help you guys have access to all sorts of content that'll help you grow your marketing, grow your sales, make sure you're staying on top of your business and you can work on your business, not in your business, get more results in less time. I can't even, like the reason you don't even hear Dean right now is he's galloping around the studio on his horse from sheer excitement. Dean, can you please stop galloping for one second and tell our good-natured listeners what's going on? Roll that horse. So, uh, <laughs> so if I can slow this thing down, there's only one place you got to go to get all this good stuff, and that is jttshow.com. That's jttshow.com. It's all free, and I think you're going to love it. We will see you guys on the inside of the new Justin Tibbs members area, jttshow.com. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. All right, here we go. Well, Dean, thank you for coming off of your horse uh, to make that announcement for our listeners. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into the news here. So um, we've got a few things that we uh, that we want to talk to you guys about. Current events, kind of share our thoughts, our opinions. Um, <laughs> Dean, uh, you wanna you wanna share the first uh, the first thing? I guess this is your uh, you're the news anchor. What am I doing here? <laughs> I have no idea what you're doing here. Thank you. <laughs> Haven't for, three years, haven't for three years so uh but no this is a uh, like you say we wanted to do a bit of a new segment to the show as it were now uh 
you know, I know we've got a lot of people listening and um, I think in the world of business, you know, we wanted to cover a lot more kind of topical stuff week to week, didn't we? Yeah. In terms of things that are happening, what's going on, what are the conversations that are taking place uh, in the industry and across, uh, across the world? And I think it would be fair to say over the past few days, there is a lot going on across the world in the financial markets uh, for one, isn't there? As well as uh, I don't think you can go on social media right now without seeing kind of the things that are going on, right? Uh, well, if you're uh, if you're talking things related to like GameStop in particular, uh, <laughs> for sure. You know, I uh, I think I was late to the party on hearing about this. I had a few friends uh, text me last week and they're like, because, you know, I, I used to trade and I used to do that sort of stuff, but I don't, I don't really have that kind of time anymore. And, um, and people were like, are you like, are you falling? Are you in GameStop? Like, are you following this and everything? I was like, no, like what's happening. And the, as the story sort of like unfolded, it's absolutely crazy what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've never actually, isn't, I didn't know you'd been involved in the stock market. We'll, yeah. We must talk about that one day. It's always been something that's fascinated me that I've, I've always said, I said to my wife, this is going to be the thing I learn when I retire <laughs> from well, everything I, else. <laughs> I, uh, I did it, um, I guess when I was like in my twenties, mostly I probably spent like four years, I was trading, uh, trading options and I was trading currencies and all different things like that. And I was pretty good at it, but I was never, um, I was never intending for it to be like my main thing. Right. And for me, if it was going to be my main thing, I'd like probably have to, you know, manage other people's money or, you know, something like that. So I was just kind of managing my own retirement accounts and things. But, um, but I really, I think the game is a lot of fun and, yeah. uh, you know, you got to have like the intestinal fortitude of, you know, a steel tank in order to be super effective at it. Cause it's easy to be impulsive and be like, all right, you know, now I got to get in or now I got to get out or whatever. And I, I took a much more measured approach. Um, but the, I uh, the whole... you'd be a very good trader. I bet you've got the mentality for it. I could just picture it. I'd yeah. rather trust you with my money in the stock market than I trust me with my money <laughs> in the stock market. Put it that way. <laughs> right. What about you, Brandon? You, uh, do you trade at all? So uh, I will say that I am the most boring investor of all time. I st I play the long game, so I'm a low cost ETF kind of a guy. Long long right. game, just consistently investing. So I and and my my friends notoriously make fun of me for knowing nothing about world events. I don't go on social media except I'm a, I'm a I'm a user of social media in the, that I post, but I don't consume social media and I don't follow the news. So you you probably picked the the worst guest to be to be on the news segment because I'm like, what's going on with GameStop? I'm sitting here trying to Google this shit, trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on. And like, let me make an intelligent comment <laughs> and say something about GameStop. But I, mean, I will just say that. <laughs> with that said, yeah. Brandon, could you explain to the listeners exactly? what is going on then for <laughs> well according well, to my statistical analysis of the gamestop uh, market <laughs> and the trends moving <laughs> my favorite thing about this is like hey brandon you want to stay for the news and he's like yeah he didn't want to stay for the news to participate he's like it's been five years since i've heard any news i need to like <laughs> make sure i hear some news right now <laughs> that's exactly that's amazing. <laughs> well uh bottom line uh super high level for those of you guys who aren't like um you know into all of it or you know dialed in uh, the number of hedge funds uh, shorted GameStop, meaning they were like, "This thing is this thing is going the way of the dodo bird. It's gonna like it's gonna continue to go down." And so when you when you short a stock, if you don't know, it basically means you're you're anticipating that it's gonna be worth less tomorrow than it is today, right? So you sell it at a higher price and then you buy it back at a lower price. And um, 
And there's uh, there's a subreddit, I think, called Wall Street Bets. And these guys were like, oh, hell no. We're <laughs> not like GameStop is cool. And we think there's an opportunity here. And so they sort of rallied together and drove up the price of GameStop. Mm. And then what happened is all these hedge funds that had anticipated going down by, you know, what they had considered rational market forces. Now they're looking at what their bet was that it was going to be worth a lot less tomorrow than it was today. Now it's worth a ton more today than it was yesterday. And so they're covering losses in the billions, uh, billions of dollars. And, uh, and that's, and that's the general, um, the general thing that's happening right now. But what's made this like even more sort of controversial is there's, you know, a couple, I mean, there's a lot of ways to trade the stock market, but there's an app called Robinhood and, um, makes it, you know, kind of easy. I've never used it myself. Um, but, uh, but these guys halted trading on GameStop and then lo and behold, one of the big investors in Robinhood, one of the hedge funds that's losing a ton of money on the trade going against them. Mm. So now everybody's up in arms, like what the actual F is going on here? Like you're going to let these guys have access to trade the markets and then you're going to take away our access because the trade's not working the way that it want, like your investors really wanted to. <laughs> and so people are, people are pretty pissed about that. And I think rightly so. Right. Yeah. It seems to have, uh, I think, I think like for, for me, what, what I've really seen is it seems to have really captured like the world's attention other, other than Brandon, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under my rock, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's well, doing I mean, so I, many outreach emails. He doesn't have time for this. <laughs> I will say not, not from a stock perspective. And I, I will say another, another people are going to listen and be like, Brandon doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about, but I haven't set foot in a GameStop in years, but I will say it, I do think it is an interesting thing to look at it from the perspective of like blockbuster versus Netflix kind of a thing, because it's like GameStop is, is probably, and, and, and again, I could be completely off base here, but I think that they're they're at this point where they need to kind of maybe ship things, ship some things up in the way that the world is shifting to more online games being downloaded. They're not selling physical games as much when people can download that kind of stuff. And so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of become, you know, they, they learn from lessons of the past of things shifting and are able to kind of make things happen. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. So, Dean, what, what, were you, what else are you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, it seems to have really captured, like, even 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 people that have never been into trading. It's like the world has flocked to this situation. I think, you know, in part, you know, obviously a lot of people seeing an opportunity to make some money, even though they potentially have no clue what they're doing, but they've zero, just... Zero happens. idea. They're right. like, oh, guys, there's like, if this what this is doing is this is attracting all of the lottery and get rich quick crowds. Yes. Yeah. People who are like, oh, the only way I'm gonna get rich is if I like find some like magic, you know, lottery ticket and it's gonna like take me to the moon. Um, you know, you might get lucky once or twice, but it's not right. sustainable for sure. Yeah. And it seems like we also you also have this David and Goliath type situation, right? Yeah. It's like the little guys get to stick it to the hedge funds, you know, for all the ma manipulation and stuff that the shenanigans that those guys pull uh in the markets. Uh, well, and here's, here's what, like, here's the thought that's been on my mind and kind of what I want to know. Um, tell if, me what you want to know, James. This is what I want to know, Dean. If, if I'm one of these hedge funds and, and granted, I've never been a professional trader. I only did it, you know, part-time for myself and all that. There are so many different ways that you can like, um, hedge your losses 
And, um, and the fact that these guys have lost so much money to me implies either a, like an overwhelming amount of arrogance that they were like, the market is absolutely just going to continue to go the way that I think it's going to go or mistakes and sloppy trading because right. any, any trader knows you've got to figure out like how to protect your downside. And so, so what you've got here in my mind is you've got a whole bunch of people who are supposedly professionals saying, Hey, this is my forecast, which is a valid thing. Like that's what the stock market's all about. Like, I think this is going to happen. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And it's, you know, and you know, we're going to see what, see who's right, basically. Right. And I'm going to make money if I'm right. And I'm going to lose money if I'm wrong, essentially. And so these guys are, you know, this is what they do day in and day out. And then they're like, oh my God, we're losing so much money. We're losing so much money. It's like, well, that's not like, whose problem is that? Right. <laughs> right. Like, why didn't you set up the trade better? Like, wh- or why were you so arrogant to believe that, oh, there's no way this could ever come back? Granted, yeah. you didn't see like the, the Wall Street bets guys coming, but it could have been something else, right? There could have been some other force in the market that drove the price back up. Like, what if all of a sudden, like, you know, who knows? Like, like GameStop is the only store that like opens up like nationwide or something. And, you never know what's going to happen. And that's the whole point. And that's why you hedge your downside. And, you know, uh, it just, just the fact that they're like kind of whining about this is, I think, s- somewhat startling to me. I'm like, wait a second. Of anyone who's supposed to have their big boy pants on. Right. You know, it should be you guys. Right. <laughs> Not just in terms of like, oh, suck it up. But in terms of like, how do you make a trade that big and not say, I'm going to protect myself? I'm going to protect my clients' money because if these are hedge funds, it's not even necessarily all their money, right? There's people who are investing into that fund, um, so it's just like a, a really, really interesting thing in in dynamics, and it's uh, uh, it's kind of kind of been interesting to watch. And I'm I'm not participating in any way, um, but from the sidelines, as as somebody who traded in the markets and everything, it's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, I think it'd be fascinating to see how it all unfolds. Because I think a lot of these platforms, like you mentioned, Robin Hood, they're not the only ones. Like I, uh, I have a trading account. I again, it's one of those things that I just would like to learn in future. But that 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 uh, that brokerage in the UK, they've they've done the same. They won't allow. Uh, they'll allow you to close positions in in like some of these companies, but they won't allow you to buy. Yeah, what kind of what kind of not? I mean, it, to me, that's like complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, like, it's crazy. If the markets are open people need to be able to trade. Right. Period. Yep. Right. And if the markets are not open, then nobody should be trading. Yep. But how are you going to have like give institutional investors such a tremendous edge over retail investors simply because you don't like how it happened? Yeah. Like, I think that's, I think it's the biggest load of bullshit I've heard in quite some time. And I, and (laughs) That's saying a lot because I'm here on this show with you every single week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, uh, so Brandon, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know if I have anything more to contribute to this this section. <laughs> Definitely not my topic of it. So I'm, I'm not going to pretend to try to say something that I have no idea what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> all right. Well, no worries. We're uh, so we want to we want to move into some rapid fire tips. Dean, do you have any tips lined up? I've got a few lined up that um, we want to spend the last few minutes of the show 
uh, rapid fire tips uh, because we thought that would be a lot of fun. Um, the first one that I wanted to share is uh, everybody's always wondering, like, well, how do I make more money, right? And I don't think the way you make more money is like jumping on this freaking GameStop bandwagon. Okay, maybe you'll get lucky, but you probably lose your shirt, and then you're not going to be able to like pay your bills next week or something. So don't do that unless you really, really, really have an aggressive risk profile. But I will say the number one way to make a lot of money, and I wrote this down, people will pay a ton of money if you can solve a big problem that they have in their lives. Like always 100%, it's never going to change, right? Somebody has a big problem in their life, they're going to pay a lot of money to have that problem go away. Doesn't matter what it looks like, right? It's And this is like non-industry specific, you know, you think about it in the medical field, right? Somebody's got like a horrible diagnosis, like whatever it takes, you know, in legal, in business, in personal, right? You know, oh my gosh, like, you know, if I don't figure my marriage out or whatever, like we're going to get a divorce. That's a big problem right now, right? right? And if you can solve that problem for people, they always pay a lot of money. So I think that was one of the just like short to the point, succinct tips that I want to share in our uh, rapid fire, just the tips, uh, I don't even know what we're calling this segment yet. The tips. Yeah. This is the tips. <laughs> Brandon, you, you, you waved there. It looked like there yeah. was a great tip ready to give. Yeah. So I'll toss this on top of what we, I'll use this to build on top of what we talked about with the magic connection method today. Something that's been working really well for me. And it's funny because I just, the podcast episode that came out on my show, I talked about this, but I created something called a magic introduction tool. And so what it is, is basically whenever you ask for a referral, it's kind of like awkward, right? Like, Hey, James and Dean, can you refer me to someone? And when you get asked that question, it's kind of awkward because it's like, you, you don't, I didn't really frame it. I didn't ask a good question. You don't know who you should refer me to, you know? So what I did is I put together this Google doc, I guess I'm, I'm a huge Google doc fan, but I'm looking for always looking for guests on my show. And, and you can, if you're listening to this, you can think about it from, you know, your client's perspective or whatever you're trying to do. What I did is I recorded a five minute video that very clearly talks about what kind of people I'm looking at getting connected to that could be clients, strategic partnerships, guests on the show, whatever that is five minutes, really, really specific. And I have them write them down. And then what I did is I wrote magic connection method emails for them to copy and paste between me and this other person. Nice. So the next thing is I, I wrote like, you know, to reach out to them first, cause I don't want them to just make an introduction. I want them to make a uh, connection with them and say, Hey, are you interested in being connected with Brandon? And then if they say yes to that, I wrote another email that does the introduction that, that they allow me to connect them together. So all that to say really quickly, if you're looking at getting more warm introductions, figure out a way that you can make this into a process where people can make it as easy as possible to get, to facilitate those for you. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to be wrapping up here in just a second. Dean, any parting shots, words of wisdom or thoughts to leave our audience with? No, I would just, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about following on from the conversation, uh, uh, the, the, the tips you were giving there, Brandon is I think a lot of, a lot of what people hold themselves back from is through confidence. And I think, you know, the biggest thing of ever, I think that, that I would just say off the back of this show to people is to, to make sure that your own internal fears do not hold you back from taking the steps that you've got to take. You know, Brandon, great tips and, and strategy that you shared early in terms of outreach. I think what people are going to run into sometimes with anything like this is like they, they worry about the possible outcome. It's like people become the world's best fortune tellers. It's like all of a sudden now they can 
predict the outcome. And I would say, you know, no matter what it is that you're doing, you're going to have reservations and fears. And I think whether it's you're following what Brandon said here today or anything that you're doing, you've got to overcome those fears. And I think that's a, a great thing that I've been thinking about following on this show. So yeah, good luck. Awesome. Well, uh, well, gentlemen, it's been great. Uh, it's been a great show. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on and sharing yeah. with us. Thank you for the generous offer to give our guests a gift. Um, Dean, I will, uh, I will talk to you, uh, next week on the show. Unfortunately, unfortunately is right. Uh, for all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends about us, and we will talk with you guys later. See you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamesbfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.